Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey everybody, Paul Gray here. Thanks for joining me again when I'm recording this. This is our last time together in 2020. Many of you who are listening to this will, of course, listen to it at a later time. But as we end 2020, let me ask you, was it a good year for you? I've heard a lot of people say, uh, I've had better years for sure. It got me to thinking about good. What is good? What constitutes good? And I thought about the scripture from Luke 2 that said, you know, when Jesus was coming, the angel said, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be goodwill to all men, all mankind. It's Luke 2, 13 and 14. It says, suddenly there was an angel with a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. And the word men means humankind. Now, before we go any further, some translations unfortunately say peace on earth, goodwill towards those whom God is pleased with. You probably wouldn't be surprised to know that those words, towards those whom God is pleased with, are not in the original text. Why somebody felt they had to add that is beyond me. Good will, good news to all people. Well, what is goodwill? The Bible definition is delight, pleasure, satisfaction, satisfaction brought about by desire. And we know in Romans 8, 28, the Apostle Paul says, we know that the love of God causes everything to mutually contribute to our advantage. He is continually working all things for the good. God's love is continually working everything for the good. God's love and goodness are the same thing. The word working there is the Greek word sunergo, S-U-N-E-R-G-E-O. It's the word we get energy from. God is continually, energetically working all things, including the things in 2020, for the good, for everyone. What does that mean? It's been very hard for many of us to see the good in 2020 and even continuing afterwards. Well, let's look at King David. King David, who lived a thousand years before Jesus, 3,000 years ago now, had some good years and some not so good years. At one point in his life, he was the king, the ruler of the most powerful nation in the world. He was the king. He had untold riches, beautiful wives. He was talented. He was in control of everything or so he thought. At this particular time that I'm talking about, he and a few of his men were hiding in caves in the desert 
They'd left their families behind, their homes, their wealth, everything, their position. They were hiding out in caves in the wilderness while David's rebellious son had taken over the kingdom, turned the people against David, bowed to kill David, had sent out armies looking for David to kill him. And while the armies were out there, his son was publicly having sex with David's wives for the whole city of Jerusalem to see. That would be a bad time, wouldn't it? That would not be a good time in your life. It looked to David like all was lost in the worst and most embarrassing way. Didn't get much worse than that. How does that compare with your 2020? Well, that time period also happens to be, when David was hiding out, happens to be when David wrote many of the Psalms, including some I'm going to reference today. The most famous one that David wrote during that time when he was going through the valley of the shadow of death was, you guessed it, the 23rd Psalm. And in it, David focused on one recurring theme— God's goodness. Remember, he wrote this whole thing in a cave while he was hiding. I'm going to read the Passion Translation for you today. It reads a little differently than what many of us have heard before. It's very good. David says, The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. He had been a shepherd, so he knew what that was like. He said, I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. Wow. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me the pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness— through the valley of the shadow of death. Fear will never conquer me, for you, Lord, have already conquered me. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. And we learn more about that in the New Testament in First John, where John says, perfect love cast out all fear. David said back in Psalm 23, I'll never be lonely, for you are near, you are with me, you are in me. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. Wow. Verse 6. So why would I fear the future? For sure, surely, your goodness and love and mercy relentlessly pursue me all the days of my life. And that word surely means for sure, without a shadow of doubt. And then he closes with this. Then afterward, when my life is through, get this now, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Did you get that? Now, you may recall traditional versions that say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Well, I've come to find out that's a woefully inadequate translation. 
The Hebrew word David used meant not follow. It meant relentlessly pursue me. God's, David was saying this when he was hiding out. He said, God, your goodness and love and mercy relentlessly, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, for sure, pursue me, even especially in the valley of the shadow of death. To us, we have the same situation as David did. Now, what happens after death? <laughs> a lot of people wonder about that. Look at what David said there. Afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. Return. David knew something 3,000 years ago that we've just been learning these last year or so. We all existed before we came to earth, and we will all return to God's glorious presence to be with God forever. <laughs> Pretty amazing, huh? Here's another thing that King David wrote during that awful time, Psalm 27, 13. He said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, the goodness of the Lord right now. While I'm still living, not in a sweet by and by, not someday up there, out there, somewhere after we've been raptured and those people have been sent to hell to be tortured forever where they get theirs. No, now God's goodness is now in the land of the living. King David also wrote this, Psalm 34, 8. Again, this was in the time when he was going through the worst of his life. He said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. What is good? Have you ever thought about that? Have a good day. Oh, I, it was a good day at work. Oh, it was a good game. It was a good dinner. What is good? What exactly is good? Psalm 25, 7 and 8, David said, According to your mercy, Lord, remember me for your goodness sake. Good and upright is the Lord. He wrote this, Psalm 106, 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. One aspect of God's goodness is his mercy, his never-ending love, puts up with us forever, endures forever. It never fails. Psalm 145, 8. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger. Now, we later learn in the correct translations in 1 Corinthians 13 that Paul says God didn't get angry at all. That slow to anger was added. The Lord is full of compassion, great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are all over his works. Verse 10. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. Did you see that? The Lord is good to all. Now, King David wrote that in Hebrew. The Hebrew word kol, K-O-L, means all, the whole, everything, totality. The Lord is good to all. All right, that's Old Testament. Now we come to the New Covenant after Jesus finished work at the cross. Philippians 1.6, Paul wrote this, I am confident of this very thing, that God, who began a good work in you, will complete it by the day of Christ Jesus. God, who is good, 
began a good work in you, and he promises to complete it. God is pure goodness, nothing bad, nothing dark. So why would a good God let bad things happen? I mean, we all wonder about that, don't we? We talked a little bit about that last week. And one of the people in our group here in Lawrence said, well, and I agree, he said, we would never really be able to understand pure love and goodness unless we were in a position where we needed it. You can't grasp grace or pure love and goodness until you need it and you feel like you've done something to not deserve it anymore. God allowed us to mess up so we could experience his pure love and grace and forgiveness when we need it. Now, regarding to natural disasters. My best understanding of this is that evil is simply the mental absence of good, ignoring good, rejecting God, rejecting good. And we each, all of us, have a vibrational field. Science can measure that now. It can be positive or negative. Negative energy in a person not only affects that person and their health and their emotions and their well-being, it, of course, affects those around it. You can, see, you can see it. You can feel it. And the cumulative effect, the cumulative negative effect of billions of people affects the world. Nature, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, plagues, that stuff happens. That's my best understanding. I, I didn't come up with this on my own. That's a pretty common understanding. In the midst of that, God is still good. God never changes. And God is with us, and God is good to us, even when we go through the dark times, through the shadow of death. God is either pure agape love and grace and goodness or not. <laughs> and God is good and grace and love. God's goodness is his isness. It's his essence. It's who he is, who they are. Religion has really trained us to doubt God's goodness. Religion's based on fear, fear that God's not going to be good to us. And we're sometimes afraid of going too far with him being good. So we give God and ourselves some wiggle room. We say, well, if it's God's will, then he'll be good to us. Then good things will happen. But it may not be part of his will. <laughs> In part, that's because many Christians have come to Christ through fear. We talk a lot about metanoia, changing our mind. The word that's incorrectly translated is repent. Do you know what leads us to change our mind? Do you know? The apostle Paul wrote because he changed his mind, and he wrote what it was that caused him to change his mind. Romans 2, 4. He says, are you unmindful or actually ignorant of the fact that God's goodness leads you to repentance, to change your mind? It's God's goodness that leads us to change our mind about ourselves and God and everybody else. Let me ask you again, what does good mean in regard to God? The essence of God's goodness as with his love and grace, is relational. The essence of God's goodness, as with his love and grace, is relational. 
Goodness is not moral or ethical or pure, squeaky clean, antiseptically. Good, no, it's relational. Goodness and kindness are the same Greek word when the New Testament was written, and kindness means being useful, providing what a person needs when they need it. When a person needs love and grace and forgiveness, it's providing that. Goodness is always relational. Goodness is something you do to somebody else. It's something you minister. Goodness isn't a concept. It's not a character trait. It's a relational activity. Goodness is pleasantness. Like, I have a good feeling about this. Goodness has to do with awakening to the truth of God's true goodness. Goodness is ample supply. God's not stingy. He always gives more than enough to us. Relational. God's not on a budget. Acts 10, 38. God anointed and consecrated Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power, and Jesus went about doing good. And in particular, the text says, curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of evil, for God was with Jesus. Jesus went about doing good. That's what God does. My friend Malcolm Smith says, goodness is not in a religious museum. It's not in a glass case disconnected from the presence where you look at what once was and say, well, isn't that nice? God was good. No, Moses asked God personally to see his glory, and God said, okay, I'll show you my goodness and my grace. When God wants to show us who he is, his essence, he shows us his goodness and his grace. And he has all eternity to show you and me and everyone his goodness and grace, and he will continue to do that until we see it, until we get it, and then he'll continue to do it. Goodness and love are synonymous. 1 Corinthians 13, Paul tells us what God's goodness is. It's patient, it's kind, doesn't keep any record of wrongs, doesn't get angry, always sees the best, never fails. See, it's impossible for God to not be good. Metanoia, changing our mind, is to start expecting goodness from God. I want to finish with one of my notes from Papa in this time period in late December. To my most wonderful child, who is with me now and always will be with me. Now, this is written to you. I want you to know that you are only beginning to understand our divine circle dance of love and everything good that flows from it. You're learning that heaven is primarily our relationship of love. Picture an ever-expanding concentric circle that has perfect, unconditional, selfless, self-giving, always forgiving love expressed as grace continually flowing out of it in all directions, flooding and encompassing everyone. Picture that grace-expressed love consisting of only good. It is pure, perfect good. It manifests itself as pure joy and total peace and complete patience. It's always kind and gentle, ever faithful to its core essence of love. It's totally powerful. Everything there is is always covered and washed by this never-ending, always-flowing stream of love, mercy, and grace that totally affects everything in its path, which is everything. Papa goes on to say, it continually rights all wrongs, purifies everything, cleanses everything, washes everything clean, gives mercy, not the punishment people assume they deserve, gives grace, 
blessings and favor that people assume they don't deserve and always includes all people and everything. Papa says, our living water of love and grace and everything good is what the kingdom of God is now and forever. That is heaven. Heaven is relentless and never fails and never takes no for an answer. Heaven's not willing that anyone perish, but wills that all experience this eternal life. For anyone who temporarily resists our never-ending current of love and grace in life, it can seem to them like punishment or hell, because we are continually washing and stripping away all darkness, lies, and falsehoods. This is never punitive. It's always curative, cleansing, restorative, healing, always loving. The false belief that heaven is a place where an all-powerful monarch administers rewards and punishments based on performance is simply a ludicrous, heinous lie concocted by the enemy, deceiver, liar, and accuser. And Papa finished when he said this to me, you are in heaven, the kingdom of God right now and always will be. We are in that continual process of revealing to you more and more what heaven is like. The more open you are, the less resistant you are, the more you will enjoy your experience now, and the more winsome and attractive you will be to others. Love, Papa. Friends, God is good all the time to you and me and to everyone. That's good news. See you next time. Love you all. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.